Welcome to NCA Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us. And today we have a treat because we have three Catholic educators who have been involved in the field for a bit and have lots to say about Catholic education. So I will let them introduce themselves and we will begin. So how about if we start with you, Terry? Sure. My name is Terry Knapp. I'm a second grade teacher at Monroe Catholic Elementary Schools in Monroe, Michigan. I have been teaching for 21 years. Uh, 16 of those have been in Catholic education, and I absolutely love my job. That's that's fantastic. Um, Sadie, I'll let you go next. Hello, I am Sadie Sandoval. I am the kindergarten teacher here at um, St. Joseph's School in Hawthorne, California. Um, and I have been working here at the school for four years, on and off. I did take maternity leave in there somewhere. Um, and I used to work at St. Bernard's. I was there for about eight years. So that's a good 12 years under my belt in Catholic education as a teacher. I am also the product of a Catholic school education. So, um, it's good to know both sides of the Catholic education system. It is. And just so you know, Sadie, we're so proud, proud of you as one of our graduates. That's awesome. Oh, so, Marianne, it's your turn. So my name is Marianne Jazerski. I'm the middle school social studies teacher at St. Bernadette School in Northboro, Massachusetts. Like many of you, I wear many hats. I'm also the tech director, the extended day director, and the international student coordinator for my school. So all of and you- I've been I'm sorry. I've been Go teaching ahead. for 32 years and 30 years in um, Catholic schools and 22 years at my school. So all of you have a little bit of experience. So thank you. And this is going to air during Teacher Appreciation Week. So thank you all. We appreciate everything that you do for our students every day. So, and I don't care who goes first. So I will leave that up to you. Um, but I'm going to ask a very basic question. How did you get into Catholic education? I, Sadie, I would guess your experience as a student may have something to do with it. So I, I guess I will let you go first. Yes. So yes, you know, I, I haven't moved pretty, you know, I haven't moved far away from my hometown, which is Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, you know, just I was, I've been in Catholic school since kindergarten up to ninth grade. You know, there was some times during that time where it's my brother and I, so we had financial hardships. We did have to go to public school. I hated it. <laughs> I cried my last three years of high school because it was just going from such a community-based you know, idea of like just 300 students in my whole school to like almost 600 in just my grade level, it was a big change. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest um, attractions you could say, like, you know, what attracts me to Catholic school education is the community base and you just, your brother and sister with everyone here because you all follow the same ideas, you are all here for the same reason. Um, and so, that that's that was my um, way of getting here, you know. And and luckily, I've made um, connections here and there, and you know, getting to hear where you are from. So obviously, I have a little more connections in Massachusetts now. So, <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah, yeah. So Marianne, do you want to answer that question? Yeah. So my story is a little different. I'm a 
product of public school. My parents um, could not afford Catholic school, but I had a lot of friends in high school that came from our local grammar schools. Um, when I was about 16, I started to teach CCD in my parish. And my first goal was not to be a teacher. In fact, I didn't land into teaching until maybe my sophomore year of college. I taught public high school for a little over two years. And I always had the love. I loved CCD better than I loved the teaching of the public high school. I, and I decided I had to marry those two. So I was fortunate enough to get a job in our, my local grammar school, Catholic school, and I've never looked back. That's excellent. Terry, what's your story in Michigan? So I am a product of Catholic education. I went to a Catholic school, first grade through 12th grade. Uh, then after college, I graduated and went on to teach in a public school for six years. And then I stayed home with my own children for 12 years. And I just knew that I wanted to go back and teach in a Catholic school and just share my faith. My own children, my three children, went to parochial school. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting story how I got back in because my teaching certificate had expired. And I did not want to go back and take classes raising my own three children. Um, I was very fortunate that the principal at the school where my uh, children attended school, she found a little loophole for me in the Michigan certification that if I came back for one year and taught in a school and I could find someone to sponsor me and she offered to be my sponsor and I had a successful year of teaching that I could just get my certificate reinstated. And so I did that, I had a successful year and here I am. And it's, it's continued, I've continued with the same school. So I was very, very fortunate in having found that loophole. I think it truly was where I'm supposed to be. That was a God moment. God was winking at you. Yes, it was, absolutely. That's awesome. So what's the best thing about teaching in a Catholic school? Why do you love it? I'll go first on this one. So it's faith first. It's no matter what you're doing. And I teach history, so it's faith first. When you're disciplining or guiding children, it's faith first. And that's what I found lacking when I was teaching public high school um, because I actually was told um, at the school, I wore a little miraculous medal that my parents had bought me at college graduation. And I was asked by the principal if I could put that inside my blouse because people saw it. And at that moment, I knew this was not the place for me. So I believe that all of us feel that Catholic schools are faith first. And it's important. Catholic comes before the word school for a reason. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who else? Terry or Sadie, want to share your story? Sure. For me, so great. for me, it is obviously about the faith. Um, but the best thing for me is teaching second grade, is being able to prepare them for reconciliation and first communion, which begins this weekend. And I am so excited. It's just, it, you, I've just come to realize it really is the biggest step in their faith life. And to be a part of that and to be able to teach them about that and, and see their excitement and watch them grow this year, but then to be able to watch them grow after in their faith um, is just, it's the best thing for me. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I taught second grade, so I, I know your joy. Yep. Sadie, what about you? What's the best part? Um, I think I'm going to piggyback a little off of what um, Terry, is it Terry? I think. Yes. Yes. Um, kindergarten is such a foundational year. And for me to be 
maybe not necessarily the first teacher because now we do have TK as a grade, um, but have that foundational moment of, of um, you know, some, some families come in as kindergarten is their first experience in a Catholic school. So me being like that foundational teacher laying all like laying all these stories out. Um, I personally like to teach Jesus's life story. That's like my forte, I feel like Jesus's life story beginning to end because it's already in the Bible. It's there. It's cutesy little Bible stories, so many activities, so many um, relatable things and things that they can have in school and take home or vice versa, bring back from home. This is what I do in my home. These are my, you know, traditions. Um, so I think that's a great place for me to build, you know, start building that foundation of, you know, growing into the Catholic faith. I, I think you're right. And my grandson's in a Catholic school kindergarten right now. And I just would like to proudly point out that I picked him up this week. And you know what he told me? Grandma, you did car pickup right. <laughs> so, cute. so he has no idea his grandmother has spent 41 years in Catholic education. But um, yeah, I got the pickup right. So I'm a pretty happy person right now. <laughs> that was a good thing. I also do wonder who didn't get it right that he I know that he knows the comparison. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's something going on there, but we'll leave it at that. So tell me. COVID happened last year and literally on March 12th or March 13th, and it was Friday the 13th, you probably found out um, we're not coming back in the building on Monday. We're going online and we're going to use this thing called Zoom and your lives were forever changed. So tell me about your experience teaching online, because I said last year about a hundred times, no one's been a principal of a Catholic school online. No one's been a teacher of a Catholic school online, although there were some Catholic high schools that were online, but certainly you ladies were not. So we were all first year teachers again on March 14th of 2021 or 2020. So tell me about that experience. Terry, you wanna go first? Sure. So I panicked. Um, <laughs> technology, technology and I do not jive well at all. And I just really, for the first time, I had that feeling I cannot do this. Um, my husband is a high school teacher and he is technologically literate. He knew what he was doing and he was encouraging me, you can do this, you can do this. And there were many nights I cried because I thought I can't give to these children what I normally give to them in person. And that was my biggest fear that I was going to not not be the teacher that I knew I needed to be. And going back again, that was first communion time. And to me, that's the most important time to me, for me to be with those kids and I couldn't be. And it, it was just, it was awful. Um, it ended up being okay. <laughs> I think it was okay for everyone. We all survived, but um, it was just a very, very scary time for me, not knowing what was gonna happen not knowing what was gonna happen in the fall and just not being able to be there with those kids. Um, we, like I said, we survived, but it was not, not a good time. It, it was difficult. It was challenging for everybody. It, it really was. was. Marianne, what's your story about COVID and you? So you talk about God moments, um, Kathy. The week before our school shut down, um, was shut down by the governor. We were fortunate enough to have a PD day and my principal, as you know, Kathy, is a really strong leader. And she changed the um, format of that meeting to talk about what might happen 
because we heard whispers of schools closing down. So we spent that entire day, some wiping tears, some alleviating fears and plugging forward with things like Zoom. Uh, my school is a seesaw for school school. And so we did some really quick training in about eight hours. It was not perfect, but we were able to set that foundation for our teachers so that they could guide our students and our parents through what was uncharted territory. It made a big difference. Yes. I, I'm, you are fortunate, Marianne, because I don't think every one, I don't think every principal had the opportunity to do that, but I don't think a lot of people really thought this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being invited to go to New England for a principal's meeting that, that weekend, and I said, no, I'm not coming. And I know people thought I was being a baby, but somehow I knew. Yeah. <laughs> don't get on that plane. That's a problem. So, Sadie, yeah. tell us your story. I um, actually cannot relate. I was still ending my maternity leave at that time. Okay. And actually around May of that year, uh, my principal calls me and he's like, I know the world is chaos, <laughs> but are you willing to come back? And, you know, I was very apprehensive because even though I am, you know, basic tech savvy, Zoom was very much new. It's kindergarten like I had to the expectations for a five-year-old or a six-year-old are you know so I um fortunately you know I I um, relied a lot on my coworkers, on my colleagues here who had gone through this and um I did what I did best and role played like I was like let's sit down let's pretend you're a five-year-old and if I give you directions to do this and this online are you able to do it um and so that helped me to begin this school year um, at a fresh start. And, and I think, um, faith has a lot to do because, you know, we, I, I did open up with like, what are your worries for this year, especially with these five-year-olds, you know, they, their, their worries are so much different than ours. And, um, one of the little boys was like, all I can do is just pray. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are absolutely right. That's all we can do. We are not doctors yet. We are not scientists yet. Um, so we can't, be in that field of doing something about it so right now what we can control is our prayer and what we can say about it um so that was a good i was because i did cry my first two days you know with zoom glitches and someone not being able to log on and i didn't know how to admit them and whoo it was a lot um but we got through it and you know i think everything happens for a reason and um it's been it's been great you yes. know it's, and say your experience is a little bit different because schools in Los Angeles, Catholic schools did not open in person this year at the beginning of the 2021 school year, whereas in Michigan and um, Massachusetts, I believe that you did open on. So you had you kind of had your virtual baptism a little bit later than these these um, teachers, but yours probably lasted longer. Um, we actually uh, we did. Under, I'm not sure what my principal did. I know he did a lot of paperwork, wrote a lot of letters, but we were able to open up hybrid um, starting in September. Oh, so we okay. Had a pot of 12. Um, mm -hmm. It was a little rocky at first because they had to be in a separate classroom from myself. So they were still Zooming. It was just, it was, it, it's been a lot of changes, a lot of first year, what am I doing? What, and on top of that, this is my first year teaching full kindergarten. I've taught TK for the past, you know, eight, eight years. And then I taught TKK combo. So I was still leaning a little more towards TK and play-based stuff. And now it's kindergarten and there's 
a lot of standards. <laughs> so it was very hard to um, streamline all of my thoughts on what I wanted to do for the year. Mm -hmm. So, but you all survived. And most, the good news from the research I've read is Catholic school students, some of them do have some learning loss from last spring and that, but for the most part, our children are fortunate in that with all of your works, sweat and tears, you know, the, the students did not have the learning loss some other students had. So kudos to Catholic school teachers everywhere and, and the three wonderful teachers on my screen. So this next question, I'm going to say it really slowly so you can think about it before I call on you. But my question is, what is the best lesson you've ever taught? And it could be online, it could be in person, but what's the best lesson you've ever taught? Because I think um, we all have our favorite lessons, but what's the best lesson? Because that could be something different, perhaps. So is anybody ready to, to give an answer to that yet? It's a tough I just ask for clarification, this year or ever? Ever. Ever. Oh, I want the best of the best. <laughs> mm. I, and I asked this question of all of our lead, learn, proclaim winners, and um, the answers were fantastic because they spoke from their hearts. And many times it wasn't a lesson that they had written up and taught in school, but there was that moment that they were presented with the opportunity to teach, you know, about life. And um, so for a couple of them, that was their best lesson. So do you have a best lesson? Go I ahead. Do. So one yeah. just came to mind. I said a little prayer, something would come to mind. So my summer reading for my students is the last lecture by Randy Pouch. And just really quickly, it's about a um, professor from Carnegie Mellon that had pancreatic cancer. And he wrote his lessons for his last life lessons for his students. And the twist in the story was for his three children as well. So several years ago, I had three children in my class in my same homeroom that had all lost parents really um, soon before they came to my eighth grade. And I had spoken to my principal on whether or not I should even do this book because it's about death and loss. And we did it. And um, we were talking through some of the concepts of loss and love and those kind of things. And I think at that moment, I learned more from those three students and their classmates than I ever came to the table with to teach them. They talked about tolerance. They talked about love for one another. And I remember one um, young man said to this eighth grade girl that if you need a dad, you can borrow mine. And it was just so moving and so touching because I didn't go into that lesson with that, but I came out a better person because of them and because of what they said to one another. Isn't that awesome? What we have taught our children. Well done. That's excellent. So are you ready, my dear friend, my, my new friend, Terry? I am. And it's very interesting that that was your story because mine also has to do with uh, death and dying. So my parents uh, were both in the nursing home for four years together. And I had a class the year, the year that my mom passed away. Uh, she passed away in October. And so the class kind of saw me struggle through some things. And we were talking one day about Jesus and his struggles and how his life here on earth wasn't easy, but he had so many lessons to teach. And I related that to my parents. And again, we had the same thing you said, we had the best, best conversation uh, just about I was amazed at what they understood and what they were able to share and how they were able to make me feel. 
And then um, that spring, my dad passed away. So they were with me through the death of both of my parents. And they just, they just were able to relate so much of Jesus's life to my struggle. And I didn't even have to bring it up. So it's not that I was a, you know, a lesson that I planned or anything that it just happened. It happened and they really led the lesson. They, they led it. So that whole year, I would say, I know it's not one particular lesson, but it was just throughout the year, how they were able to bring things in and really to comfort me, but we could have great conversations off of that experience. And I think that tells that both of you are saying something bigger is that children can guide their own learning and us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Sadie, it's your turn. Um, I think, again, going back to like being a foundational teacher, I think that's where my niche is. That's what I'm, I know mm -hmm. that I'm good at. Um, I think it's, um, my first year teaching first year, I was fresh out of college, fresh, you know, freshly graduated. Um, and a student came up to me and he just ran up and he said, Oh my gosh, learning is fun. And I was just like, oh, like, I, I don't know what his, you know, thought process was or like what he thought school was going to be. Um, but that kind of became a mantra of mine. Like I, if I'm going to be their first teacher, I need to make sure they need to love coming to school. Like that's going to be my mantra from now on. They need to love coming to school. I need to amp it up and figure out a way to like make learning as fun as it can be. Um, of course, you know, sometimes there are the boring, like we have to write a sentence. Yes, you do, you know, but mm -hmm. I think that was like a, wow. Okay. So learning is fun. You want to come to school. That's my job to make you want to come to school. That, that is great. So, um, every teacher has a story or more. I, I do think that someday I will write a book, um, about cute <laughs> things that are wonderful things that their children have said over time. So take a moment. I'm going to tell my story to mostly give you some time to think about it. But um, when I taught first grade many years ago, in fact, these children are now in their 40s. That's how long ago it was. Um, one little girl asked me if I could help her because she couldn't fasten her jeans. And so I helped her button her jeans. And it, it was hard. The, the button wasn't going in very well. And one little boy saw me struggling and he said to her, it's okay. My mom has to lay on the bed to fasten her jeans. <laughs> that, that is the title of my book. My mom had to lay on her the bed to fasten oh. her jeans. And I did I tell that him. mother that, and she said, I'm going to kill him. And I said, oh, no, you're not. I said, but I just want you to know that that was one of my best days teaching ever because I got to hear that story and that, and he was being kind. He was telling this little girl, it's okay. You're not laying on the bed like my mom. It's okay. <laughs> so it was a great story. So, so do you have a story that might lead to the title of your book? I'll go first here. Um, Gary, we were, so we were, this was a couple of years ago and I don't dye my hair, so I have gray hair, proud of it. Um, we were outside at recess and I had a gray jacket on and a very windy day and I had my hood on and we came in and I took my hood off and one of my kids said to me, hmm, I never knew you had a hood on. I just thought that was your gray hair out there. <laughs> 
It's great. Luckily, luckily, I'm very comfortable with the gray hair. It doesn't phase me, but oh, big chuckle, big chuckle. That, that is great. And again, just an observation. Yes. Not to, it's not a judgment. It's from a kid. Yeah. It's just an observation. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Sadie, do you have one? Um, it actually happened I, maybe last week. Um, what I, you know, I had to like remove myself from the classroom. I was laughing so hard. Um, so, you know, we start off our Mondays with like, Hey, how was your weekend? Anybody do anything fun? Anybody, you know, do something new in their home? Cause you know, we are where we are. Um, and, uh, someone mentioned, I don't even remember what exactly it was. Someone mentioned doing something and, you know, I just processed like proceeded to like ask them more questions like, Oh, where did you find that? Or what store did you find that at? I think they had gone to the mall or something. Um, and I'm like, oh, I want something like that. Do you remember how much it costs? And then another little girl came up to me and she's like, are you asking all those questions because you're nosy? Because my mom <laughs> says I'm nosy. So I'm like, oh my gosh, probably because I am nosy. So that might be the title of my story because I'm nosy. I'll ask you all these questions because I'm nosy. <laughs> I will buy that book. That's good. <laughs> because I'm nosy. I like that. And, you know, that sometimes awesome. we get those sad stories that, you know, sadly we have to report because I'm nosy. There you go. That, that is great. That is fantastic. <laughs> Marianne, do you have a story? So I had something occur this week. I teach the bigs as they call them, right? Six, seven, eighth grade and eighth grade homeroom. So they're a little less cute than what you teach. <laughs> and we've had a very challenging time with COVID, um, they stay in their homerooms all day. The teachers move on their carts. Um, you know, they're constantly getting corrected, stay away from one another. And so it's been challenging. This week above all else has been not so great. And part of that is because they're leaving one another. They're, you know, afraid to go off to high schools. They're just, you know, the hormones, all of these things. And so on Tuesday, it was more than exasperated. And I usually have a lot of patience and I know that about me, but I must have had my expression and my tone that I had just had it. So they went out for their mask break and I came back in to my room and on my desk were dandelions on a piece of paper. And you would think that's what first graders would do for their teacher. And so I didn't have the heart to say anything, but so I said to the kids, so who left me these pretty flowers? And this one boy said, I did, I did. I picked these flowers for you. And the other boy across the way said, She's not stupid. She knows that they're weeds, but they were the most <laughs> precious things I've ever gotten in a very long time. Just the thought, but he was just so proud of himself. And I thought even these eighth graders, they're still little on the inside. You know, they so are nice and innocent to see. And I like that the other kids said she's not stupid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there are two good ones. That they're could weeds. also be a good that's book right. title. She's not stupid, right? She's not stupid. That would be a good book title too. So, so that's good. So I want you to think now, um, ladies, and I'm going to tell our audience that um, I, the, none of these questions were given to you in advance. You, we, I said I wanted to have a conversation, and, and that's what we're doing. But um, if you can think of one word to describe your vocation, because you have a vocation. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe being a Catholic school teacher is a vacation as much as any other vocation. You're not in it for the money, you're in it for the, the students. You are in it to save souls. And that's a vocation by definition. So um, what's the one word that you would use to describe your vocation? I would say for me, it's mission. Mission. It's, it's This is not what I 
thought I would ever do. I never played school or things like that. I fell into it by happenstance, but again, a God whisper, but I believe it's all of our mission to, like you said, lead souls to heaven, form these young minds, make them good young men and women. So mine would be mission. It's a good word, Marianne. Excellent. Terry or Sadie? I think I'd have to say calling. It's definitely a calling. Um, I've always wanted to, I've just known I've wanted to do something in the church. I'm not a person who would be comfortable being a lector or being on any kind of parish commission, um, but you put me in front of these little kids and let me go at it and I can, I can spread my faith. And so I, I definitely think it was a calling. Excellent. I think, I think I'm going to borrow your word, Terry. I think it is a calling. I went to school. I, I did play teacher as a little girl. I was the one who I made my parents buy me a chalkboard and have you know, papers. And I had, I'm the oldest of all of my cousins. So I had them all sit down. I, I was definitely that person. And I, I wanted to not be that person. <laughs> so I went into college with my nursing degree and I was like, nope, I'm set to be a nurse. I want to be in the medical field. Um, I failed my first chemistry class and that was like, no, this is not it for me. And then I started working at a child development center and it just, it just came so easy. It was just so easy for me to just be in front of these little ones looking at me and me just telling them things and, you know, learning. And so I think it is a calling. It is definitely a calling. It is. And, uh, and you are all very good at it. So thank you for joining me for Teacher Appreciation Week. And thank you for your work, because it's just fantastic. And we are so grateful to you. And thank you to our audience who have been listening today. We appreciate your support of NCEA. And for all the teachers out there, thank you so much for everything you do. We are very grateful. Mm -hmm.